Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We have breaking news out of Rome. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints grants $32 million to the World Food Program USA in support of the United Nations World Food Program response to the global hunger crisis. My conversation uh, with the head of the World Food Program USA uh, is coming up right now on KSL News Radio. Well, it's extraordinary what happens when people come together for the right cause, the right moment, and today is just one of those. Uh, it was just announced that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, grants $32 million to World Food Program USA in support of the United Nations World Food Program's response to global the global hunger crisis. And we're really thrilled to have joining us on the phone from Rome, uh, Baron Sager, who is the president and CEO of the World Food Program USA and was part of that uh, today. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Boyd, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here with you today and, and so grateful uh, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and, and their commitment to solving hunger. It's uh, somewhat of an unprecedented time today. Um, and, uh, and there's a little bit of good news to share, which is that a lot of people are going to be fed uh, through the help of the church and the members of the church. Yeah, so give us some context to that in terms of, uh, first let's start with just the need around the world. I think people have, yeah. uh, you know, have you kind of have that typical thing of, okay, there there are needs out there, uh, but these have all kind of compounded with a, a host of different factors out there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really the, uh, a number of things that are colliding uh, today, you know, almost like a tsunami that where unfortunately things have to happen for a tsunami to take place. And so, you know, we've got a lot of conflict in the world. Um, in places like Ethiopia, uh, by the way, which is one of the countries that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, is targeting, um, we uh, try to uh, help with peace agreements to make sure that, that those who are vulnerable, those who have no food, um, are able to survive. Um, through the help of the World Food Program. And so, you know, conflict happening uh, around the world. Uh, we have to talk about uh, the, wor- the world is heating up. Um, we see a lot of countries today where livestock are, are dying. Um, there, you know, crops uh, can't exist. There's no amount of water that can keep these crops alive because it is so heat and it is so dry. And unfortunately, sometimes, Boyd, when the rains come, they come very quickly. And it's not enough to, to saturate uh, into the ground. So, again, I talked about uh, conflict. I talked about climate. I also have to throw in there COVID because, you know, COVID has disrupted the supply chain. 
Right. Um, you know, borders are a little bit tighter now. So uh, our costs have gone up because it's costing more to get products from point A to, to, to point B to those countries, for example, who, who are, are landlocked. And, uh, and then obviously cost. That, that, that's on our minds. Uh, on most Americans' minds, by the way, because yeah. costs are increasing, and we're no exception. When you think about the price of gasoline, when you think about the price of wheat and oils, uh, our costs dropped well over 20% just in the past year. Mm. Wow, that's extraordinary. And so when you look at this uh, this grant, $32 million, targeting 1.6 million people across nine different countries, you mentioned some of those, uh, including Afghanistan, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia, Haiti, Kenya, uh, Northeast Nigeria, Somalia, South Sudan, and Yemen. Uh, this is really an, an extraordinary focus. And your organization, uh, of course, uh, winning a Nobel Peace Prize in 2020 uh, for your extraordinary efforts there. What does this kind of commitment mean? And and maybe take us back just a little bit. I'm I'm a firm believer that the the day the journey begins is not the day the journey begins. And while it's a historic announcement today, I, I sense there are some things that happened well before today. Well, it's it's a it's a really good question. I would remind everybody um, because I have to remind myself about this. Um, you know, before um, things, particularly conflict, made the world a much more dangerous place to live and to distribute food, uh, we had seen nine years of declining hunger rates around the world. So we know that solving hunger is possible, and I truly believe that. The challenge right now is that we have all these things happening at the same time. And and there's and so there's a, uh, a hopeful that it's a temporary uh, need for funding of, of, of this level. Uh, individuals that we serve, uh, you know, they don't want to have to rely on others to provide their, their, their food. But there are a couple things tied to this grant that are so important. And I would say for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, very thoughtful in their decision. Uh, number one, um, they worked with the World Food Program to identify nine hunger hotspots. And these are areas around the world that are, um, that are really suffering. And when I say suffering, there's not one of these countries that, were, that is not being funded who are, where a number of people are not on the verge of famine. And so I know that there are a lot of needs around the world, but today 50 million people are on the verge of famine. And that is extremely important. The other thing is that when the, the church came to us with um, a need to really understand what was happening around the world, and we started to look at, at funding options, they also said, you know, we have a high expectation on you, World Food Program, to show, to show us measurable outcomes. So we actually have a, a very strongly written uh, memo of understanding. So the World Food Program will be providing reports on how the money was spent on the number of beneficiaries, the number of meals that were served, uh, to make sure that we're reporting back um, to, to the members uh, who made this possible on how the funding was used. And nothing I like more than storytelling, and we're going to have a lot of stories uh, to tell about how this incredible grant, again, impacting 1.6 million people in nine countries, um, is going to save a lot of lives and save a lot of people from starving to death. Again, this is really an unprecedented time. And uh, I, I was telling somebody this story earlier today. In the United States, uh, on average, an American spends 10% of their income on food. 
But when you go to countries where the World Food Program is working, that number pops to 50 percent. Mm-hmm. So if you're making a, you know, anywhere from 2 to $13 a day, 50 percent of your income goes to food. And so as you look at costs going up, that is really hitting this population especially hard. Uh, it's uh, really extraordinary. You had commented that, that this uh, is, is really a, a transformational kind of gift, in particular that uh, you, know, you, repl- you uh, rely on private sector support uh, as part of your mission, and, and hopefully this will spur others to say, okay, that's, a, that's an organization that we should link and lock arms with as well. So I, I firmly believe that the, that the private sector um, has a significant role to play ar- around hunger. And by the way, that involves everything from philanthropy to also working with companies to help us solve hunger. Uh, I, I believe that a lot of companies around the, around the world and in the United States, they're the innovators. And so we're talking to a number of, com- of companies right now about how we can innovate together, co-create, uh, if you will. You asked about the size of the grant. This is the largest grant in the history of the World Food Program USA. And also, I would say not only the dollar amount, but I have, but but the number of beneficiaries—1.6 million lives—will be touched. And today, when we had this um, this uh, reception uh, and, and this announcement by Bishop Budge, uh, you know, he brought it back to you know loving thy neighbor, which is very important to me. It's very important to all of us that uh, our neighbors include people that live next door to you and people that are halfway around the world that we will never meet. Uh, but we have a responsibility to care for everybody around the world. Um, and in my opinion, because this is why I dedicate my life to the World Food Program, is particularly for people that are starving. I believe food is a human right, and food also is a, is a pathway to a better education, uh, to, uh, to, to individuals, particularly young people, um, having uh, the chance for success and to reach their, their, their full potential. A lot of the funds, by the way, are going to, uh, to feed uh, school children. <clears throat> so one example is Somalia, right now being hit by a tremendous drought. Th- through this grant, we're going to be able to feed over 29,000 school children uh, multiple times a day. So um, the, the impact that we're going to have on humanity and not just keeping people alive, but also creating a level of resiliency and sustainability is, is particularly exciting to this grant. Historic announcement from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints out of Rome today. $32 million grant that will impact 1.6 million people across nine nations facing hunger and starvation. We're going to continue my conversation with the head of the World Food Program USA after this. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we've been covering this developing news, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints has 
made a historic donation, $32 million, that will help 1.6 million individuals facing uh, starvation and hunger around the world in nine specific countries. Uh, During a visit on Wednesday at the World Food Program's headquarters in Rome, Bishop L. Todd Budge, the presiding bishopric of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, presented the donation and said this. They're short of funds now. They're having to make decisions every day about who lives and who dies, and that's never a, a good situation to be in. And so we hope that this will be a catalyst to help others also um, have a desire to donate. If you're just joining us, we have Baron Sager on the line from Rome. He is the president and CEO of the World Food Program USA. And uh, I'm so grateful that you uh, raised this idea around education and upward mobility, uh, that just that that hunger factor the impact it has on a young person's ability to learn, to get educated, and then have that whole path towards upward mobility and, and self-reliance, uh, it really does start with food. If the food doesn't come first, you, you really can't do anything else that's going to last. And, and, and there's actually and there's another side. And I, by the way, I absolutely agree. Uh, when you're a young girl and you're going to school and you haven't eaten in a day, uh, somebody would have to tell me how in the world that individual uh, could could concentrate and learn something. Uh, and by the way, uh, the, the school feeding program also provides uh, meals to the family. So the, the young girl, the young boy who's getting an education can take some of that food uh, back to, to their, their, their families. There's also an element of feeding uh, children under five uh, through a fortified uh, nutrient supplement um, and then one of the things that the World Food Program does that has always impressed me is a voucher system. So where there are functioning marketplaces, um, individuals would get uh, a cash voucher. And say that voucher is for $100 to feed a family of four for an entire month. These vouchers are not given on an, on an ongoing basis. They're, they're basically given to an individual for a period of four months. So, again, four monthly vouchers. Um, and then uh, there's a training that is required before you get the voucher for parents to make sure that they know that when they go to the store using our voucher, what you can buy and what you can't buy. And there are also cooking lessons for families so that they can learn how to cook a nutritious, a nutritious meal for your family. Wow, that's uh, that is uh, definitely creating that path towards upward mobility, self-reliance. Those things are, are so vital. Uh, I know uh, that uh, next week that the U.N. General Assembly uh, will have a panel on faith-based contributions, including the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Give us a little more insight in terms of what role these kinds of organizations play around the world. So actually what I would say today, I would use the word, I'm going to say highlighting uh, the work of uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we had an idea at the World Food Program USA in partnership with one of the major uh, media entities tied to the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, It's an opportunity for us to educate uh, people around the world about the role that we all play in solving hunger. So we, through the World Food Program USA, are sponsoring um, a panel discussion around faith and how different faith communities are responding to hunger in different ways. So um, we clearly are going to highlight what the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has done to feed so many people around the world through the World Food Program. We're also going to be highlighting a group called Islamic Relief. We're going to be highlighting Catholic Charities and one other faith-based, 
faith-based group. But I am particularly excited because I'm leading a panel uh, before this panel discussion to specifically highlight the work of, uh, of, of the church and what you have done today to feed so many people and keep so many people alive. What you've done is unprecedented, and I would also say it is clearly a call to action, and I'm using it as a call to action for other faith-based communities to do as much as they can to solve hunger, whether it's through the World Food Program or another organization, but they need to do it. They need to step up like the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints and and make a, a significant commitment because one of the things that I've learned in my, in my 25 years working in this field is that programs don't exist without, without funding. But one of the other things that I'm doing is, I'm, is I want to make sure that we're raising the voice of everybody in the United States to make sure that they are a champion for those who don't have hunger, to, for those who don't have food. So whether it's on their social media pages, whether it's having a dinner, listen, everybody listening today you're probably going to have dinner with your family tonight. I know I am. Well, let me say this. I know I will tomorrow when I'm back in the U.S. <laughs> but the first thing I'm going to do is, uh, is have a conversation about food yeah. uh, and what it means to, to not have food. So we're hoping that this gift, we know it's going to help save and protect a lot of lives. We, I happen to believe very strongly that it's going to be a call to action to other faith-based organizations. And we're also going to leverage it as a way for everybody to have a conversation at the dinner table around food and what it must be like in one of these nine countries not to have food and what we can do about it. Uh, so important. We uh, we often talk about those kitchen table conversations, the the crucial conversations we need to be having and, and food and food scarcity and those uh, who are in want. Uh, I also love the fact that in, in looking at this, and sometimes you, you start thinking of the numbers of 1.6 million people uh, who will benefit from this. You look at the dollar amount. Uh, but I think one of the things that Bishop Budge uh, said today uh, in thanking the Latter-day Saints and friends of the faith whose financial sacrifices made the gift possible, uh, he talked about uh, making God's children a little happier and the rest of us a little holier. Uh, I thought that was a really great way. As we as we think about giving of our abundance, uh, it's an amazing thing in terms of what it does for us uh, as well as what it can do for people around the world. You know, we, we, we felt that today. We, we said a prayer before we had lunch. Uh, we talked about the impact, and, and the leaders of the church are especially motivated by, by the impact that this grant will have, and we are going to deliver on the impact statements, on the storytelling um, hopefully taking some uh, members of the church to the field um, because I, I want to make sure that, that we give the stories uh, to the members so that everybody knows the impact that this extraordinary grant is making on the most vulnerable lives in the entire world. I, I grew up uh, in, in a faith-based household. My dad was Episcopalian, but we, uh, and he was the, um, the senior uh, um, warden in the church. And I grew up in, uh, you know, my, my parents um, really believed in faith, and I was taught at a very early age by both my parents about how fortunate I was. And my mom used to tell me, she said, you know, Baron, you have to remember that we can't decide where we're born. Uh, and if we, could, if we could choose, why would you choose to be born in an area that's in the midst of a, of a civil war into an area where people are starving to death? And she's absolutely, she, my parents were absolutely right. And I remember that every single day 
Um, and I particularly remember every single night before I go to bed, uh, those who are suffering around the world. But I, I'm also telling you that I will give great thanks tonight before I go to bed. And I've been doing it all day uh, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And what you have made possible today, it is exceptional. It is extraordinary. It has never been done before. And uh, I, I honestly had to wipe tears away from my eyes today when uh, when Bishop Budge was was uh, saying a, a, a prayer, because I know what an impact like this will have on those who are so vulnerable uh, and those who have no other no other safety net. Uh, thank you so much for being with us again, uh, Baron Sager, President and CEO of the World Food Program USA, uh, an extraordinary historic linking and locking of arms uh, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a $32 million grant that will impact and support 1.6 million people across nine nations uh, as uh, we battle uh, hunger and uh, such an important work and uh, Baron, we appreciate your leadership and your vision uh, and the impact you're having uh, on the masses and on so many individuals uh, who have a better shot uh, at their pursuit of their own hopes and dreams as a result of the extraordinary work you do. Thanks so much for joining us from Rome. Boyd, I would would also just echo and say that I have great admiration for the church, for what you've done and what you do here in the United States and around the world through so many different organizations. So, again, I'll leave with thanks to your members and, and to the leaders of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Don't ever underestimate the power of a penny, a dime, a dollar, or your own individual efforts. Everybody can make a difference. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one more difference maker here in the state of Utah. KSL-TV's Carol Makita is going to join us to talk about him coming up next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.